Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Paul, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God. So God is the source. It's from God. Verse 2, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. That's the channel through the prophets. And it's in complete agreement with the Scriptures. Verse 3, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of from the dead. Its contents all concern the Son. Verse number five, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations. We're going to see this universal call. It's for all for his name. Verse number six, whom, I'm sorry, among whom are you also the called of Jesus Christ? Verse seven, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I really think the phraseology of the word of God is just magnificent. Its truths are just so grand. And there's a lot of rich truth as we look at verses 1 through 7 in a complete context of Paul's introduction here through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But I want to draw your attention this morning to how magnificent and grand the calling of God is. We saw in verse number one last week that Paul was called to be an apostle. Look at verse number five and six. We'll read that again. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. All the nations now are called of Jesus Christ. We have a gospel that is for, it's a whosoever will gospel. Verse number seven, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. We have the beloved of God here called to be saints. So we see this three-section outline, if you will, of Paul called to be an apostle, nations called of Jesus Christ. And then the beloved of God called to be saints. You know, if we were to call someone, the phone might get disconnected. We might accidentally hang up the phone. Had some trouble. I was calling, calling Kelly at the hospital. and I don't know if the phone won't work in or if uh, he was just having trouble hanging the thing up. But about three times when I called, I had to, I had to tell the nurse, I said, I think, I'm, I think we're having trouble with the phone. Would you mind sending someone there to see if the phone's on the hook? Sure enough, they'd go in, fix the phone, and be able to call them. Our calling doesn't work out. We have a lot of interruptions in that, a lot of mixed signals that could cause it. And then there's the part of us going back on our word. We've all done that at, at some time. And this is why when we look at these first few verses of Romans, why God's call is so magnificent, because it's God. He's doing the calling. And all of mankind, especially in the book of Romans, we are brought to a speck of nothingness, an absolute speck of insignificance 
when compared to our creator God. That's mankind and all of its achievements, all of our accolades, everything that we have accomplished, nothing. Yet, we can open up the truth of God's word and we can count on it every single time. It never changes and God is never going to retract his calling. And this morning, if you're in Christ, you're never going to not be in Christ. Now, you might not be in right fellowship with Christ from time to time. We all get into those little backslid fronts. But he is not going to go back on his word, lie, or retract his calling. You're not saved this morning. God's Holy Spirit is calling you and is wooing you and is the initiator. You can respond to that call. You can count on God. Go back to Genesis chapter 12. And I'd like you to get Romans chapter 10. Genesis 12 and Romans 10. We'll look at another thought. An old text, an old testament picture. Abraham. Or Abram, Abraham was called by God in the Old Testament. Look at Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1. It doesn't get any more direct than this. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Abraham couldn't have missed that if he wanted to. God's pretty clear, and he doesn't mince his words. Get out. Yeah, from your country, from your kindred, from thy father's house. I'll cover all those bases, Abraham, so there's no ifs, ands, or buts on your mind. That's Abraham living in a country of idolatry, and, God's call, and God calls him and says, get out. And you know what Abraham did? Because God said, I will show thee, which means Abraham couldn't show himself, which means he responded to the call by faith. And he walked forward by faith, not knowing what God had ahead of him. We, can, we know the verses, we're saved by grace, through faith, and we know those doctrines, but how many times do we live our life by only what we see ahead of us? I'm not saying don't be careful when you buy stuff online, but you know how it goes nowadays. Everybody looks at reviews and wants to figure out what the best thing is to buy, and we do that by... Ten other people tested it. Well, we know what the end result's going to be so we can make a better buying decision, right? I mean, I do that all the time. I'm sure you do as well. When we walk by faith, we don't know. We don't know what God knows. This is what is so significant about Abraham is that it's by faith. Unto a land I will show thee. Now, Romans chapter 10 Watch this. It's a beautiful picture, Abraham, of this New Testament truth. Romans chapter 10, 
verse number eight. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, here it is, the word of faith, which we preach. This truth is made known by God's people proclaiming his gospel. That's the word of faith, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We'll have a good time when we get to Romans chapter 10 and go verse by verse. But the point I want to make on this is just like Abraham. We are all in a land of idolatry. Well, what's that? Oh, I don't know. Selfish pursuits. <laughs> Prideful thinking. Our whole life, our whole being is permeated with putting everything on the throne but our creator God. And you know what we do? The word of faith that we preach, we go out and we tell people, you're full of pride and you're in a land of idolatry, basically. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt. Be saved. But what I want to show you this morning is it's the same calling. People have to respond by faith because they can't save themselves. So they're putting their faith and trust in someone who has merit. And then God, by his grace, saves them. Every day we get up and we put our foot on our brake. And by faith, we want our car or our truck to stop. If it doesn't stop, we lose faith in our brakes. Kids got bikes. First thing they're fiddling with goes wrong is the brake. One goes over the handlebars, the other one falls on the side. They're just trying to faith in your brakes. So we have faith in God, and God's not going to fail us. His brakes aren't going to uh, aren't going to break. What's that? Let's go back to Romans one. Romans chapter one, verse number five. So same calling with Abraham. By faith, he responded. Verse number five, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Look at this in the beginning of the verse. What is Paul's apostleship connected to? If you look at the end of verse four, you have a semicolon there and it connects the apostleship of Paul by the resurrection from the dead. So this can't just be a Jewish gospel. Nothing to do with. Uh, this far extends obedience to the law. This far extends. Uh, this argument. Well. Christ kept all the law. It's a resurrection. That's everlasting life. That's for everybody. That's for all the nations. It totally transcends Jewish law keeping. It's for everybody. And that's why it says among all nations for his name. Verse number six, among whom are you also the called of Jesus Christ? We are proud Americans. I'm not saying that's all bad. Proud to be an American, Lee Greenwood. How many times have we heard that being played? You know, God bless the USA. And we certainly want God's hand of blessing. We do, especially getting over 20 years of the terror attacks on 
this 9-11 weekend. We, we want God's hand of blessing. And national pride has its place. I don't want to live anywhere else. Do you? No. But as a Christian missionary, if you went to communist China, I don't think you're going to go playing Lee Greenwood. Those people are not going to understand that, and they're not going to relate to that. They might even resent you for it. I don't know. We're proud of our sports achievements. We're proud of our scientific achievements. We are proud of our economic. Well, i got to stop myself there because I don't know where, where it's all going now. But watch what it says in verse number seven. To all that be in Rome. Is that what God said in verse seven? To all that be in Rome. You know how much land Rome conquered? <laughs> they conquered a lot of land. If you are a natural born Roman living in Paul's day, you have a lot to be proud of. You're a Roman citizen. You're a Roman soldier. All of the conquests that they have won. Do you know how easy it would be to just rejoice in the fact that you're a Roman? Yet the power of the gospel reaches them and national pride is gone. Being a famous Roman citizen is no longer a thought. I don't want to say it's easy to become famous nowadays. But I think in people's minds, I think that being famous is on the forefronts of people's minds more nowadays. That's just my opinion. Because when I look at the social media outlets, it's really a way for everybody to make a name for themselves. I can be famous by taking my skateboard and jumping off a three foot you know, curb or something. I got a million views because, you know. I rode my bicycle, jumped the ramp, and fell up, fell over and went headfirst into the pool. And people want to make a name, and it's all about views and likes and hits. Not in Christ. Who's the one? Should be for his name's sake. So when the Bible says, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, they are not looking to Caesar on the throne anymore. They're looking to Jesus Christ who is on the throne. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's turn there and read that verse. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Right in the beginning of the chapter. The Bible says, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right and of the throne of God. You're a Roman citizen, a Roman soldier. You're connected to Rome in any way, shape, or form. The saving gospel of Jesus Christ hits you. Your national pride is gone. You're not looking to Caesar on the throne. It's Jesus Christ. Praise his holy name. For God so loved the world. Don't we want every sinner to know that? For God so loved the world. But look at verse 7. You'll never find God calling an unsaved person the beloved of God. 
Look at that in verse 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God. You know the only people that would be called the beloved of God? Saints. Yes, God did so love the world that he died for sinners, which, hello, that's us. Christ died for us. If you're saved today, you will be called, you're called by God. Beloved. If you're lost today, he's not calling you that. Now, he loved you enough to die for you. But you're his enemy. You're not beloved of God. That's only reserved for saints. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. All you kids know that verse, right? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. All of us adults know that verse. We grew up with it or we start reading the Bible. That's one of the first things that I'll tell you. My wife and my children are beloved. There's a difference. We can love our neighbors as ourselves, but when it comes to our spouses, when it comes to our children, there's a different relationship there. I don't know if that analogy 100% works, but it helps me understand that that's a pretty special term here, beloved of God, and we are called to be saints. See that? And why? Here's, it's in verse 5. Why have we received, in verse 7, it says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See that? It's all to be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Now it says grace to you. Well, why have we received grace? Well, look at, look at verse number 5. We have received grace, if you connect this, in the context it says, for obedience to the faith. We are called to be separated saints. Have you trusted Jesus Christ? If you have, God has called you to be set apart and live a life of obedience. Well, I don't want to. Okay, then don't. God's not going to, the earth isn't going to swallow you up. Now, he didn't do that back in the Old Testament, but he's not going to do that now. I don't want to obey my parents. And when your parents tell you, you better obey or the earth's going to swallow you up. You can just say, okay, mom, okay, dad. No, don't do that. You should obey him. But you're not. God's not going to swallow you up if you don't obey. And us adults, we think we disobey God and then all of a sudden he's going to crash lightning down on us. He's the perfect gentleman. He has called you beloved. He he has saved you and I from our sins. And you know what he wants from us? For us to desire to want to obey him out of a grateful and thankful heart. Come on up here, Grayson. Come on up here. Now, if I were to want to get you to do something, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. Okay. You better do it. You better do it. You don't want to do it? I'm going to put him in a headlock. You better do it. Will he do it? 
Sure, he'll do it. I'm bigger and stronger and uglier than him. Sure, he'll do it, right? Yeah, amen. All right, have a seat. Thank you. He will do it. But he will hate my guts for making him do it. God is not going to put you in a headlock and force you to obey him. He died for you. You're beloved. You're called a saint. Your sins are washed away. He suffered the shame of the cross. And you need any other reasons to, to have any desire to want to save him? I don't get it. This idea of trying to preach the fear of God in people from the sense of, I'm just going to scare you into witnessing. I'm just going to scare you into giving. I'm just going to scare you into coming to church all the time. Every time I'm just going to make a message that's going to scare the daylights out of you so you can't do anything without fear. That's not a God. Yes, we should feel the Lord and have a healthy fear and reverence for him. But God desires for us to want to desire him. It don't work. Won't, it, You can't force your spouse to say, I love you. Wake him up at 2 a.m. You didn't tell me you love me. Waking you up to let you remind you you forgot to tell me that. Today. No two spouses that truly love each other have to be reminded of that. They want to do it because they have the, a desire for the other person. Called to be saints. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince, the power of the air, now the spirit, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Well, if you're saved, that's not you. We expect you to not have obedience to the faith for his name. We expect you, Ephesians 2, to be a child of disobedience. Before I got saved, now I want to park on this because this is important. Verse number five in Romans chapter one, it says, we have received grace. It's for obedience to the faith. Ephesians chapter two says, we're in time past, we work for this, to this world, right? We're now working in children of disobedience. Before we got saved, before I got saved, I followed the course of this world. I followed it in obedience as I was disobedient and I had a spirit of disobedience. Nobody put me in a headlock and had to convince me to sin. I did it because I wanted to. Why is it hard for Christians to understand? Well, wait a minute. You did everything that the world threw at you and you loved it and you enjoyed it and you jumped head first into it and nobody forced you to do any of it. But now you're saved. You're called the beloved of God. And he wants us to have obedience to the faith for his name. Now, all of a sudden, we have to be worked up about it or talked into it or put ourselves in a someone has to put us in a compliance hole. To me, it doesn't make sense. We naturally obey and follow the course of who our master is. Your master, Jesus Christ, did, did save you. Should, it shouldn't be grievous. shouldn't be grievous. All right, let's see we get saints here in verse number seven. Uh, as we read this, these people are alive. When the Bible talks about saints, it's, it's alive people, not dead people. They're sanctified, these saints, and that means they're to live set apart, a life that is separate. 
We're also sanctified in Christ. This is why it was, um, well, because in our flesh, we can't be sanctified. We try to live life according to our flesh. We, we, we blow it. But in Christ, his Holy Spirit sanctifies us. So there's the separating of that. Your soul and your flesh. Now, when we get saved, we live our life. It should be a set apart life. We have a separating mark. It's not a tattoo. It's not a, a piercing. It's not a jab. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sets us apart in Christ. We are called to be saints. We are beloved of God. And now we are fit to do his service. Think you're going to make yourself fit to do a service? I'm not. You're not. None of us are. We need his Holy Spirit. All right. Amen on that. Child of God. Two more thoughts. Two more thoughts on this. Look at verse number six. To all to be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you. Uh, uh, back up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Verse number six, where I want to be. Called. Among whom are you also the called of Jesus Christ? That's verse six. Child of God is defined by your called of Jesus Christ. Verse number seven. A child of God is beloved of God. And verse number seven, child of God, child, uh, children of God are saints. We're called of Christ, we're beloved of God, and we are saints. Verse number seven, it says, then grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the consistent message for all of his saints. Both grace and peace are proclaimed to come from our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the source. Anytime a problem comes up, we want to find the source. You're dealing with water. We're dealing with a you know, water flow problem. And so we've got to get to the source of the problem. If you get sick, hopefully you'll have a, a doctor who tries to get to the source. Okay, what is what's called? God is the source of grace and peace. It starts with him. Last thing I'd like to look at this morning and then we'll be done is the flow of the gospel. And I think this will help you. This really helped me. Look at verse number one. We're going to wrap up verses one through seven in Romans chapter one this morning. And then we'll be moving forward verse eight next Sunday. But in verse number one, we have a servant. This is the flow of the gospel. Paul's personal relationship to the son is what? He is a servant. And by the way, it's voluntary. Your personal relationship to the son is between you and God. There's no mediator with a priest. There's no mediator with a preacher. It's between you and God. It's not between you and me and God. It's not between you and the church and God. It's not between you and a, a, a synod or, or a presbyter or, or an, a, none of that. It's between you and God. It's voluntary. And you can get in on that. 
if you want, as a servant. Look at verse number three and four. Touch on this one more time. Son, the flow of the gospel is servant and now son. And declared to be the son of God. We looked at according to the flesh. Everybody see that? I want you to look at it one more time in verse number three. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. That according to the flesh was his incarnation. That is when he came, his first coming. He was humiliated. His incarnation was his humiliation. He died on the cross for us. Humbled himself. Now according. Uh, am I there? Okay, verse 4. Third, the Son of God with power. Look at verse 4 in the middle. According to the Spirit. We talked about that. That's his resurrection. That's not humiliation. That's exaltation. So this flow of the gospel is servants. Paul voluntarily wants to serve the Lord. You're saved. I'm saved. We can be a servant. We can Lord, here am I. Send me. Servant. Voluntarily. Now the son points to the son. Verse number seven. Ah, get John three. Finish up with this. I like this. I like this. Really like John 3. Uh, 14. John 3, uh, verse uh, 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We as servants lift up the Son. The Son is exalted. Whosoever believeth, now guess what we have? We as a servant lift up the Son. Now guess what we have? We have a saint. And now that saint does the same thing. He can say, I want to serve. I want to serve. He lifts up the Son. Someone else gets saved. Now what you got? A saint. And that flow continues from servant to son to saint, from servant to son to saint. And that's the flow of the gospel. We get to play a part of that. Aren't you excited that you get to be used by God in this flow of the gospel? I'll leave you with this question. Are, are you continuing the flow? Or is there a kink in the water line? If there is, you just got to put your hand up and say, Lord, just want to make that thing right. And all you got to do is unkink it. And there goes that flow. Serve, lift up the sun. Whosoever believeth of a saint, now that saint starts the same process. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.